fashion. Fashion. Beauty. Beautiful. You have no style or sense of fashion. My name is Joyce, and I'm a shopaholic. I like my money right where I can see it, hanging in my closet. So I am going to show you guys how I do my makeup. This is my trusty makeup bag. I already have my foundation and concealer on. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Welcome to Fashion Avenue, the podcast for fashion and beauty lovers to get inspired to follow their dreams by hearing from special guests while also soaking up the latest news and what's trending right now. I'm your host, Amber Lowther. I'm a journalist and fashion professional who understands what it's like to have big dreams and wanting to reach them. In this episode, I'm joined by Edna Swart, founder of transformative body care, skincare and wellness brand, Ed and I. I first came across Edna while watching the New Zealand reality TV show, Boss Babes, and have been following her ever since. From dropping out of high school at the age of 15 to now running a successful business and living the dream, Edna is living proof that you can do whatever you put your mind to. I chat to Edna about how her childhood has shaped her into who she is today, how she got scouted for a reality show, and the story of starting Ed and I and everything about the innovative products she's created and continues to create today. Now, let's jump in. Edna, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. How are you? I'm so good. I'm excited to be here. This is my first podcast, like international po- podcast. So this is exciting. Oh my God, that is so exciting. I'm so yeah. happy that I'm your first one yes. um, because I actually found you a couple of years ago now from Boss Babes. And I just started watching it randomly. I saw it on like Hey You, which we have in Australia. I don't know if you have yeah. that in New Zealand. Well, um, we um we sold we sold um Boss Babes to Hey You in the UK and Australia and Canada. I think those are the three oh places God. it ended up. So That's yes, so I'm well cool. aware that it ended up with you guys somehow. <laughs> yeah, and I I randomly like stumbled across it just browsing because I'm really into like business and women in business and learning from them and all of this stuff and watching people's journeys and obviously this podcast is kind of about that. So, yeah. um and then I followed you ever since because I'm like I've been, I love Edna. Like she's she's my type of person. <laughs> oh, so, thanks. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> So before we, you're welcome. Before we get into everything, boss babes and and your business, I want to know about young Edna and how did your early life impact who you are and what you're doing today? Oh, honestly, I've like I have thought long and hard about my beginning because I didn't have like an easy beginning or an ideal childhood um if you watch boss babes you'll know like I went through a lot with my mother passing away from a stroke I had a very strict father yeah um dropped out of school at 15 but if I really think about it I think I I owe a lot to my father for creating the woman that I am today as much as he frustrates the shit out of me and him and I don't see eye to eye I think like he pushed me in so many different ways to be the individual or be the self that I am today. Um, I also think it's part mm-hmm. of like how I'm cut from the cloth that I am. I'm adopted. So me and my father obviously naturally are not going to be alike mm-hmm. at all because I, he adopted me. Yeah. But because I want to march the beat of my own drum and I was always fighting my father, I think it, it made me fight harder. And I think the circumstances in which mm-hmm. I was around growing up, I was always a fighter. I was never one to succumb to like, defeat 
or being like the victim. You know, I was always fighting for more, fighting for a better life, fighting out of the situations that I was. So I think that plays a big role in who I am today. And there's also other, obviously, like layers, onion layers there as well around my sports. When I was younger, I was competing in athletics a lot from the age of eight to the age of 15. I ended up in Australia competing in Sydney um, in the um, trans-Tasman competition. So I always had like a competitive nature in me to want to do well um, and just strive for better. So I think there's there's quite a lot. I mean, how long do you have? There's so many things that I can talk about around how (laughs) and what made me the woman that I am today. This is a lot. Maybe that's for a part two. Yeah. I'm with that. Um, And so... So you dropped out of school at 15. What were you doing after that, immediately after dropping out? Honestly, um, I went into survival mode dropping out of school at 15. My father actually kicked me out of home because I was unable to live up to his uh, requirements within the house. And my mother was sick and she wasn't home. So uh, he was quite absent looking after yeah. her and because I wasn't like doing the, what, what he wanted me to do. We just It just didn't work. So from the age of 15, I was kind of couch surfing and living out of my car and living on couches, trying to figure out what I wanted. All I knew was school wasn't for me. I was in my third high school, in my third year of of high school. So it was like I was in and out constantly. There was no consistency for me. I didn't have yeah. like friends to lean on or anything like that. So I just realized it wasn't for me. So actually after I dropped out, I did a, a, a certificate in advanced radio. I wanted to be a radio announcer. Oh so my God. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't know about me is I did a certificate in advanced radio at the age of like, I think I was like 16 or something. Like I worked part-time or whatever trying to figure out my life and then I ended up doing that and did that for a year and then I was like, oh, I don't know if, there, if there's really a lot of opportunity in New Zealand for like a radio announcer. Like I feel like there's so many people who want to do that. So I kind of broadened my, yeah. what you would say, like education and I then studied travel consultancy to be a travel agent um, and ended up in South Africa back home working for Flight Centre in Johannesburg as I tried to find my biological family. Man, I'm going to write a book. There's just so much shit that I can talk about right now. (laughs) Honestly, you could honestly write a book. Like this is amazing. But like it's so interesting how all of these things have happened and have led you to where you are now. And I'm actually super interested because you studied finance as well, right? Yeah, I have a degree in finance, That's believe cool. it or not. Um, so when I went away to do, I, I think I would probably call it my OE. So I went back to South Africa at the age of 19 to try and find my parents, find out who I was. I was a very lost soul in my teenage years. Mm. Um, and in doing so, grew up very quickly over there and went through I went from really growing up from from New Zealand and going to South Africa and seeing just how different it is living in a different country compared to New Zealand now being in New Zealand I think that we've all got silver spoons stuck in our mouths you know it's not until you go live in a country like Africa where you're like wow this is struggle this is hustle and um, there were some really uh, big like eye-opening experiences that I went through, um, some good, some bad, but ultimately uh, what really sent me over the edge to move back to New Zealand and further educate myself was I wasn't happy. Uh, I also went through a smash and grab at gunpoint over there and really like experienced oh what Africa is like. And it just wasn't... Wow. It just wasn't safe for me. I didn't feel like I could be there anymore. So I applied at the age of... I think I was nearly 21 when I applied 
to go study business at the University of Massey in Palmerston North here in New Zealand to do actually um, human resource, business human resource. Don't ask me why. I don't know how I wanted to do that, (laughs) but I did. And within the first six months, it was really funny. Within the first six months, I was like, this is never, this is never happening. Do you know what happens when you drop out of school at 15? You don't know how to spell and you don't know how to write properly. And I couldn't do any of that. So writing essays was not my thing. And the only Mm -hmm. thing that really made sense to me was numbers. And I kind of just fumbled my way into a degree of finance. And in New Zealand, when you hit the age of 20, you are actually, you, you get sort of not automatic like in, but you kind of, you apply and you can actually go to university after the age of 20 without having a pre-requirement of schooling. So wow. yeah, and um, ended up with a finance degree to this day that I have absolutely no idea how I received it, but I've got it. So <laughs> That is amazing. I love that you said, you know, numbers just made sense when like words and and everything didn't. I'm like, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I look at numbers and I freak out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess numbers is also universal language. So I thought makes sense. Like, let's do it. Does that help you in your business like today, like your day to day? Do you do your own finance, everything for Ed and I? Yeah. So, I mean, what I like, I studied various things in finance, you know, and so a lot of what I studied has no relevance in what I'm doing today. But what did help with that finance degree is um, project planning, like financial planning within the business and understanding, like taking on a particular product what would be the ROAS, like what would that look forward, like how much we need to make in order to like, I guess, pursue further, like how long we'll take to make money, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yes, there are elements of it, but I do believe, and I know there's success in a lot of other people that I know that are still still capable of running a business without needing a finance degree, you know, but it did yeah. have some benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so you then started working in corporate, right? Was it corporate banking? Yeah. So I started as like a bank teller, like I started from the bottom and just worked my way like as a bank teller. Then I was a banking advisor, like writing loans and stuff, and then ended up in uh, small business payments. So like working with a whole lot of businesses around how they accept payments and all that. Um, And then I kind of just was like sick of like, like real frontline, you know, writing loans and paying all that kind of stuff. So I then ended up actually in institutional banking where I helped the, worked with like the top bankers within the bank, looking after the staff of our top 50 companies that banked with um, the bank that I was with. So it was just coming up with really cool initiatives, working with the staff of these big corporates around how we look after their finances, financial literacy and all that. So it was more of like a fun project that I could take on and just get a little bit more creative without being like numbers focused all the time so yeah that was like eight years eight years of climbing the corporate ladder which I thought I had to do at the time yeah Yeah. I fully get that and so how long was it until you were like I want to start my own business and where did the first I guess thoughts and inkling come for Ed and I growing up I was always like you know when you've got this sixth sense in you where you're just like something just isn't right here or you just know that you're made for more than this or you know there's more to life I always grew up with a hunger that life was more than what was given to me and I know that may sound weird to many but those who understand what I'm saying will get me when I say that and as much as I was going you know I was part of the system I call it where I was you know they're doing the nine to five 
climbing the corporate ladder, you know, making some pretty good money in the end. I just wasn't happy. I was fundamentally, I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm Mm -hmm. creative. I want to be the dictator of my own time. I want to live the life that I want to live. And I started surrounding myself with, I started making friends with people who were in business. They were self-employed. They were doing really amazing, fun things. And I thought, wow, like, I, I love this. I can relate to this more, like in terms of wanting that more. I envy mm-hmm. this, like I want that. Uh, so at the time, my partner at the time, which is now my business partner, he was like, I've heard of this platform called Shopify. You come up with the business and we'll put it on this platform. Um, wow. And so here I was, I was like, man, this is the life I really want. So I was like, what What can I just do? What can I do? Because I mean, to, you know, just to try it. Let me see if I've got it in me. Um, yeah. And at that time, which is now, hold on, let me just work backwards because I'm going to really show my <laughs> age here. I was 26. What's 20? Okay, I'm on finance. What the fuck? Okay, so seven years ago. Um, <laughs> Seven years ago at that time, you know, being this novice to online businesses, I was really like in my hot bikini stage, you know, I was like mid-twenties and I couldn't find any hot, like that total different case in Australia. I can tell you that now you guys have like phenomenal (laughs) bikini brands over there because you guys always walk around in G-strings, but nothing was like that. In New Zealand. So I was like, right. I'm going to bring out the, the very first and most well-known, here I am so optimistic, most well-known, simplistic bikini line in New Zealand. Because that was like my passion. I just wanted like no tan lines yep. and all that kind of stuff. Which, by the way, New Zealand women are not a fan of. So try selling that to Kiwi women who are like, I'll wear a t-shirt and shorts, thanks. So that was like another struggle down the street but anyway launched Ed and I swimwear in 2016 and I still have that my very first photo of me sitting there with like these samples out of China oh my god I'll never forget it it was like very quick learning that it's just not the way we were going to do it but that's how Ed and I yeah I'm just going to call it Ed and I because it's not Ed and I swimwear anymore so that's how Ed and I originally started was actually a swimwear line back in the day yeah Yeah. I remember you know seeing that on boss babes and it was so interesting to see that you were like working with your business partner who is also your ex and like yeah how did that even work like how did you kind of get over that and just be like we're business partners like (laughs) mate honestly I want to tell you this now this is probably a breakup podcast that we probably should do around the reality of breaking up (laughs) I have one of those too Bloody hell. It was like, I'll tell you now, it was nine months of like terror. It was like a divorce because we had a baby, which was Ed and I, right? That was the baby in our relationship that we had to somehow have a mutual respect and custody over, essentially, you know? So, oh, every time we'd call each other, it would end up in an argument. Every, like, it was just, it just became ridiculous to the point where I was just like, can you just buy me out? Just buy me out. And he wouldn't do it. And I didn't have the funds at the time to buy him out. So I was stuck with him. I was like, this is not, this is nasty rash. It's not going anywhere. I'm sorry if he listens to this because we're totally not like that. We're like family right now. So he's going to hate me saying that. But um, it was a struggle street, but we successfully have done so. And I'm so glad we did because we have the most amazing family bond now and the most incredible business. And amazing. yeah, he's just amazing to so be he's there. still on board? Still on board, but he's a, a smaller shareholder now. He's not what he used to be. Yeah. Yeah, right. And can I ask, with Ed and I, was that something that you 
you know, used your own savings to to start or was that were there investors? How did you start that financially? Honey, that business was bootstrapped like from the start. That was a hustle. Yeah, that not a cent. Not a cent <laughs> was given to me. And I think when I hear other stories from other business owners who've bootstrapped, I take my hat off, eh? Because it is a different journey bootstrapping a business and growing it because when money's mm-hmm. given to you, and I take my hat off too to people who can get money because I've tried getting money and nobody wants to give me money, but it's so much <laughs> harder doing things where, you know, everybody was buying a house when I was in my late 20s and I was taking yeah. all my money and I was putting it into this business thinking, well, now knowing, but at that time, hoping and wishing that it would be a bigger investment than a house, you know? I was taking that risk, and I'm so glad I did now. There's been moments where I highly doubted it, but we've come out the other end. We're like, you know, it it was the best decision of my life. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing the stories of people bootstrapping because, like, I know myself, you know, that's a reality for me. Like, I have business goals myself, and I know, Mm -hmm. like, bootstrapping will be the way to go. So I love hearing that, you know, businesses and successful ones, you know, like yours, which has transformed from somewhere now, but that you started off that way. It just, oh yeah, it's it's realistic. Yeah, I love that. That's super cool. And so how long did it take you to get the brand off the ground and actually get some traction and interest? How long? It's interesting. Um, Before Boss Babes, there was organic fun growth, which I really loved. Like I was known for this boutique little swimwear brand on the shore of Auckland. And it was just what I learned, and it's still to this day, it's very prominent in the business, is I had to become the personality and face-off of the brand. I had to grow my personal brand in order to grow my business. So it was about a year into the business where I really started seeing like a shift where people could like knew the brand. Obviously not a lot, but people that I knew, they're like, oh, you know, I heard you were doing that, blah, blah, blah. Like it was like slowly we'll go through um, the grapevine. But I've just realized that people relate to people. People don't relate to businesses. And so the advice I would give to people and businesses is if you are like me in a similar boat, you're bootstrapping, you're starting a business, you are going to need to become one with your business to get your name out there unless you can afford to bring on a face or have a lot of money behind you to go with a PR agency or marketing. I just didn't have that. I had to be my biggest PR agency, my biggest ambassador and step outside of my comfort zone and be the voice, be the brand. And it worked. And I've kind of stuck with it. So obviously Boss Babes came along and like helped immensely. But what I've seen with Boss Babes is Boss Babes was an online, an online delivery. It wasn't mainstream television. So we didn't get the massive audience that a lot of people would usually get with it with a reality TV show. We only had it with our online here. And it's very quickly after after a season aired, the, the 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 raving and everything it would die off. So if you fundamentally didn't have a brand yeah. with a face of or an authentic authenticity there or anything, no show was going to help you be successful. So yeah, it's still yeah, very absolutely. prominent. In this, to is this it day. true that yeah? Is it true that you actually didn't have much of a social presence at all before you started? your brand yeah no not no not at all like people probably find it a little hard to believe but I'm actually an extroverted introvert like I don't yeah (laughs) like 
I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, she sounds so bubbly. She's like, you know, I'm like, I can speak. I've been taught, I've done a lot of courses around how to speak and stand in front of an audience. I've got no problem with public speaking, believe it or not. But I prefer to live a very private life. Like, it's none of your business. You know, and so I, I had to break that stigma within myself to like step out of my comfort zone and do that, you know. But yeah, before all of this, I had one photo on my Instagram with a couple of hundred people that were just close to my community and like, that's it. Like, that's all I cared about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing just how much you were able to grow it and get that audience. And I want to talk about Boss Babes now before we jump into what Ed and I are doing now. But as I said earlier, like I was randomly just flicking through Hey You, saw it and I thought this looks like it's up my alley, watched it and I just loved it. And so I'm really interested to know how did it even like come about? How did Boss Babes start? Do they approach you? Was it something you guys approached them with? Like, how did it even happen? So um, my girlfriend um, who was staying with me, Ia, who uh, was actually going through a breakup at the time, needed a place to stay. And I was like, no worries. Come stay at my house. I'll look after you. And I was still working in the corporate world. Uh, so she came and she stayed with me. Yeah. And she went through, like, I guess, you know, the single crazy phase. And I was totally there for it. I was like, oh, my God. Yep, we're here for it. Let's, ha- let's have some fun. And at the same time, Warner Brothers was had this new concept in their head. And they were advised to have yeah. a look at this woman, Ia, because Ia had obviously been in the media with her waist trainer stuff and all that bits and bobs. And she was yeah. sort of like the social media guru here in New Zealand. So like, keep an eye on her. So they started following her on her socials. They're like, let's watch this woman. And as they were watching her, there was me, oh, hi, like in the background, like just like <laughs> doing the crazy stuff with her. And they were like, who's that girl always with her and they obviously saw that I had this side hustle which was a swimwear line and then Ia got an email from Warner Brothers saying uh would love to have a chat with you about this about this um concept that we have um would you and Edna be able to come into the offices just to have a chat so wow that's sort of just how it happened Warner Brothers was just scouting and I think a lot of times that's how they do it they come up with a business idea and just sort of scout and we ended up in their offices yep. and long story short, after a lot of negotiating, because at the beginning, uh, I was very reluctant. So was my business partner because the, uh, at that time, the views of reality TV in New Zealand was uh, trashy, low quality, just wannabe. Like that was sort of right. like the, the theme around reality TV in New Zealand. And I didn't really want to be placed as like into that mm-hmm. category. And I also didn't want to have like be told yeah. what to say and all that kind of stuff. Like I was very scared that they were like going to tell us what to say on TV. And like, that's just not me. I'm a hundred percent authentic. Yeah. So we went back and forth. We ended yeah. up on a really like solid contract and yeah, we pretty much a week later started filming and like we were on. Oh my God. That happened so fast. So fast. Oh. Because we had a party that was um, that was that weekend or something, and they really wanted to capture it. Uh, it was the white party. Yeah. I don't even from episode one, the white party. Can we just say how yeah. embarrassing is the first episode compared to like the third season? <laughs> like I look at myself and I want to <laughs> die. <laughs> I feel like that's everyone with everything, though. You know, it's one of those things like you just got to get it done and then you'll get better you know oh my god I, I, definitely, I, from the start. I leveled up I swear with every episode through all three seasons but I look back at baby Edna in season on episode one and I'm like oh, girl you are shy <laughs> I love that I love that though but it's funny like you're probably the only one who thinks that as well like yeah I mean of course someone like me watching us right? I love it from the start yeah yeah, yeah no, exactly totally. so you did great sweetie <laughs> 
thanks. <laughs> and so how much input did you and Ia have with the direction of the show? Oh, no, it was all and us. Do you have so- that? No, 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 it was all oh, us. Amazing. So pretty much like Warner Brothers, when they when they create a season, they were, would say to us, okay, so we, we signed off another season and you need to tell me like what's happening in your life so we can plan. The only, like a lot of people think like it's all fake, you know, it's all it's like, well, it's not because, you know, what the only thing that was, I guess, not fake, but we had to manipulate was we had X amount of filming days, okay? So if I had right. what you would see like three meetings in a day, I would usually probably have those meetings over a week, but because we only had one day to yeah. film, I had to make sure each of my meetings were all on one day and that they also aligned with right. Ia because Ia would get the other half of the day and they'd go film her. So that was the only manipulation is just making sure that what we were doing all fit on the filming days. It's not like they carried around a camera with us yeah. all the time every single week for the period of filming. Hell no, that would be shitboard. But... We had X amount of days. (laughs) And so that was the only thing. But we would say, we've got this product dropping. We've got this event coming up. We're going to Bali, like all this stuff. And they were like, okay, cool. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fit it in. Where do we fit? Where do we fit? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so how, how long was like, or how long generally do you film for? Do they give you like a timeline, like six weeks or a couple months or? Yeah, it varies. Every season was different. Like the last season we did in season three took a little bit longer because I went away on my honeymoon. Um, but usually yeah. it's between like three to six months of filming. Wow, cool. Yeah. Yeah. With X amount of film days. Depends on how many episodes we have. Yeah. Oh, nice. And will there be any more seasons to come? Please say yes, because I love this show. <laughs> I know. And this is the hard thing, eh? Because I, obviously, I love Boss Babes. It's been such a fun creative outlet. Um, and also a little bit, like a tiny bit of insight into, believe it or not, into our lives. You know, it's not actually full, full insight. Yeah. But it's hard when you are up against so many, like needing brand new format shows or you're competing against the airtime with other shows. It's so mm-hmm. hard. And right now they just said that there won't be a season four, which sucks oh, because no. I have so many people saying like, when's the next season? And it's like, man, I'd pay for it myself if I could, you know, but. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you and Ian need to do like updates or like a day in the life or something just to feed everyone that is like missing seeing you girls. I know, I know, I know. Maybe I need to do more days in the life of. Yeah, please do. I love watching those. I don't know what it is, but like watching other people's lives. It's fascinating. I don't get how people just sit there on TikTok and you scroll and you just want to know what they're doing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's um, but you're probably you know filming boss babes. You probably didn't think you know all all these people would be interested either. Like it's probably like oh my god, like it'd be a bit of a shock, right? Having all these people be like oh my god, they love watching me in my life and everything I'm doing yeah I mean it is a little bit like it is but then also there's there's also a lot of expectation because you're like well am I interesting enough like am I delivering like every season I felt more and more pressure and I felt the third season was the most pressure because you have to somehow be more open more vulnerable what else haven't you shared so you have to always like like level up you know um yeah yeah and you want to know whether or not it's going to be enough you know? Yeah. Clearly not. Well, I, I, season four. 
Oh, I'm so upset about that because, I like, I feel like that show, like, I don't see a lot of those, especially something that's, like, Australian or New Zealand vibes. Um, yeah. So I really liked it. I'm really sad. I know. It's actually something to be proud of. It was actually a really amazing concept. So maybe yeah. we'll see it, like, duplicated, like, in Australia maybe or America. I don't know. I think it would be really cool, like, yeah. Boss Babes Australia, Boss Babes US. Like, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Hopefully there can be some involvement with you girls or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just love it. And hopefully I'll see you on, on some sort of TV show again because I know you've done a couple now, right? Yeah, I think, like, I've put my hand up and I'm like, I really want to do presenting. Like, I feel like that would be, like, my next fun yeah creative outlet you know awesome yeah. yeah I'd love to see that for sure and so let's chat about Ed and I and what the brand has evolved into now so you pivoted into body care from swimwear and tell me about the thought process of this and and why you ended up closing down the swimwear side well originally we didn't close down the swimwear side when we started pivoting um, I yes. looked at the business and I was thinking, you know, this is fun, this swimwear, and I wanted to come yeah. out with a product that would complement the swimwear in order for women to feel more body confident, essentially skin confident. Because I grew up yeah. with severe acne, which my whole community knows about, on my body, my chest, my legs, my back, my face, I've had acne. So I wanted to come out with products that would help you know, fight this. So when we did put on a bikini, you would feel more skin confident. That was essentially where it right. came from. So we wanted to, yeah. so we originally focused on body care. So Ed and I body was like, it was just body. We had nothing to do with internal or face at that point in time. And honestly, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. Like this was four years ago. I was just really astounded in myself that I could even come up with like a replenishable cosmetic product I was like oh my god did I just do that like it was wild to think that how far I've come and that's why the, the one of the fun things yeah. about business and growing a business is just how much you learn you will learn more running a business than you will learn in uni and school and anything but you learn the most uh, growing a business. So it was super exciting that we came out with the four step, which is the OG of Ed and I body, which is before, during, after, always. And we love that because like yes. before is your body scrub, during the day is your SPF, after is your after oil. And then always was like, you're just going to love your body always, which is like the moisturizer. So it was a fun four-step concept and yeah we launched with that and it was amazing it went well and very soon our community was telling us okay we need you to come out with a tan right so we're like okay so we're listening to our community which I think is really fun about business is when your community becomes loyal and very involved in your business like I would probably say to businesses yes. if you are able to do so do it get your community involved and grow grow that as much as you can like lean on them they're just they're just incredible like they're the ones that's going to help you grow so brought out a tan and then you know soon after they were like we need something for the face and I was like oh my god and then the face thing I think was the first face care product for us was actually huge because I had very very big insecurities about my face and the skin of my face wow. because of how many years I mm -hmm. suffered and the fact that I was still suffering even to this day I still get you can see like breakouts and stuff you know it's just it's just there you know so that took the biggest development and uh, testing to bring up morning coffee and it's probably my most proud mummy business moment is morning coffee because if I look nice. at 
morning coffee, we have had hundreds of five-star reviews and I don't believe we've ever had anything less than a five-star, I swear. Like that product was developed and I tested it for so long because I was, I had a holy grail of products that I was using for like six years on my skin. So when I came out with morning coffee, it had to replace this holy grail that I was using. And I was very picky, obviously, because with Ed and I, every single product of Ed and I body I use personally. So it has to be at the efficacy and the premiumness for me to be able to use it. Otherwise, my whole entire business is a lie. And that's just... I I couldn't live like that. So that took the biggest pivot in our businesses when we turned towards face care. And then COVID happened. And that's when, annoyingly, we launched our most incredible, beautiful swimwear line called the Ingaluli Collection. And we even adopted a cheetah over in Africa to look after the housing and uh, the food and everything wow. of this cheetah because we had a cheetah print that came out and we love giving back. So that was like our um, our outreach program for that collection or that project. Yeah. And COVID came two weeks after we launched and it just, oh my God. just shat of a better term on, on that collection. <laughs> and it was just like, no, it's like, are you for real? Um, yeah. So it was a tough decision. We, we, we didn't make a decision yet, but we kind of carried it because I think we went into lockdown in March. We still had that collection going for the summer afterwards. We weren't going to make a new one because we felt like the collection didn't have its moment, but we did shut mm-hmm. shop that summer. We were like, we're so sorry, but we are, we're closing. And it was tough. Wow. It was real tough. Because that was the OG. That's where it started. Um, But I felt like the business was healthy and we were ready to move and pivot into really just full Ed and I body. Body care and skin confidence. So, yeah. It was an interesting path. Absolutely. Hey, just dropping in to share this week's news and what's trending. Australian luxury fashion label Zimmerman has been taken over by a global private equity firm, Advent International. The firm will hold a majority stake in the brand and has been said to have made an offer of 1.75 billion Australian dollars as part of the acquisition. Model and entrepreneur Lara Worthington, previously known as Lara Bingle, has become the face of Maya's upcoming summer 2023 campaign. She's been shooting the campaign alongside other brand ambassadors, Cody Simpson and Chris Smith. So watch this space. Barbie hasn't slowed down with their marketing budget just yet with Lush launching a collab with the brand. Products include a boombox shaped soap, a car-shaped bubble bar, a bee-shaped bath bomb, heart-shaped body balm, dream sugar scrub, handbag soap, a heel soap, a jelly mask, pink shampoo, and body spray. Austin Butler has been announced as the face of YSL Beauty's Myself Fragrance with the video campaign being released on August 22nd. The Elvis actor joins rapper Lil Nas X as a YSL Beauty ambassador. Now for what's trending and the latest now trend to take on TikTok is Syrup Nails. With 10 million views already, Syrup Nails replicates the appearance of liquid syrup. This gives the nails a wet look and is achieved by using a gel or regular nail polish with a glossy top coat. Now, to get the most out of this trend, the most popular shades for syrup nails are white, pink, purple, and coral to give that milky finish. 
Yeah. Oh my God. You know, it's one of those things you just can't predict happening, right? Like how, how was anyone supposed to know that was going to happen? And, you know, during that time, it closed so many businesses, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things like you either, you don't survive or you pivot, right? We had to pivot. I knew we had to pivot way earlier, which is why we started working on that body care way early, like way previous, you know, before COVID happened, which is an actual blessing Mm -hmm. because if we didn't have that, for sure, I'm not going to say here we wouldn't. Like this is for sure we would have we would have closed if we just had swimwear. Absolutely not happening. You know, because I left I left the yeah. corporate world and uh, it was May. Oh God, May something was it 2019 <laughs> or 2000? I think it was 2019. Yeah, 2019. Wow. I left my corporate role, so I was I put everything into making the business work. So if we went under, yeah, I would have had to like tail between my legs, walking back, asking for a job. Yeah, that just absolutely. Oh my God. It's just so crazy like how things happen. And obviously like Ed and I has done so, so well since then. And I'm so interested in learning more about a bit more in depth about your products and kind of the ingredients that you have in them and what makes them so special if you wouldn't mind sharing. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we work with like an incredible, I call them my skin scientists because they pretty much are here in New Zealand, um, in Auckland. And they've, they're actually the same people that I worked with with the four step, uh, right seven years ago. They've been with me the whole entire way. And what I sort of said to them was I wanted to create products that I'm talking like premium, but at affordable. And I know that our products are premium and affordable because I've been into the offices where these products are made and I've seen the other New Zealand brands on the shelves that they have created, which I know my ingredients are better, but they price themselves at double our price, which so for me, like yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's good knowing that I'm working with the best teams in New Zealand creating these products. So I wanted clean products. And when I say clean, I'm talking products that you know where the ingredients come from, you know that you can read it and actually know what the product is, or if not, you can put it into Google and it makes sense. Like, I didn't want to have a list of ingredients that's like, you know, this long on a back of a bottle or a tube. Yeah. Where it's like, that just doesn't make sense to me. You know, our skin is our biggest mm-hmm. organ. It detoxifies anything that we put into our body. Like, anything that you put on also gets absorbed. So I just, it was really important for me just to have products that made sense to the, when I say like, um, to the, not average because nobody's average, but I wanted it to be to like to everybody. You know, I, I didn't want to yeah. be like, this is designed just for like the top end people with money who want like the best products. Like I didn't want to pigeonhole me. I wanted this for every woman to feel skin confident. It doesn't matter how old you are or anything. If you feel like you have an insecurity or you've got a breakout, I want you to rely on Eden Eye Body as an option for you to try and not be intimidated. Mm-hmm. Like I've looked at other skincare brands and I've been intimidated by their branding or their messaging, thinking that I could, I can, I'm not good enough to buy their products. I didn't want that. And, and please, if anybody thinks that my brand is like that, put your hand up and come speak to me because then I need to make some change. But I want my brand yeah. to be welcoming, community-based, um, products that just make sense, you know, products that speak to you, the ingredients make sense, made here in New Zealand, you know that it's clean, we haven't, you know, it's not something that's been tested, no offence, in China, I don't know what they've done or what they've used or what they've tested it on, that just wasn't an option. And I was also the biggest guinea pig, every single product that we come out with, I am the biggest guinea pig that has to be tested on um, time and time again, and I've got very yeah. sensitive skin, so I knew uh, that also played a big 
emphasis on the brand. I mean, I can keep talking for ages. You just need to cut sure. in and be like, girl, you need to shh. No, I love it. <laughs> no, I actually love hearing all this because, you know, there'll be so many people who are listening that are in this or have been in the same like space as you or want to emulate kind of what you've been doing. So please keep coming. <laughs> I'm sitting back. Um, yeah, so that was like that side. And then we moved actually into, because this is what my, everything with my brand, well, the Ed and I brand has to make sense. Okay. So that's like really important to me. Yeah. And what makes sense to me personally is skin health starts from within. So then I was like, yes. what are you doing, Edna? Like I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm creating these products for like the, you know, topical products, but that's just the cherry on top. When you look at it like beauty and internal beauty, like, you know, um, like healthiness of your skin, the health of your skin, like everything's from the inside. It's what you eat, it's what you consume, you know, um, even me- like mental health, like here, like the way you look after your mind. So that's yeah. when the supplement side of things was born. I actually, I had an idea years ago when I first started reflecting because I never in my wildest dreams thought that little old Edna would come out with a supplement. Like, are you joking? If you told me this when I was in high school, I'd be like, you're dreaming. I wouldn't even know where to start, (laughs) you know? But you do, you know, you figure it out. And I had this dream of coming out with a gold pill. And I know that sounds like, you know, like what? But like in my head, I was like, oh my God, the golden pill for skin. Why has nobody done this? Like, you know, like everybody, you know, it's It's like the golden pill fixes everything, you know, even though there's no such thing as a pill fixing anything that I know of. But that was sort of like the saying that everybody said. And I was like, I have to create the golden pill. And that's where Skin Within was born. And um, that was a lot of fun creating. I learned a lot. And then now, like, launched into our second, which was Gut Within. And it's like the bronze pill. So, I mean, wait till you see the next colors. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm so excited because I, I loved, you know, seeing you speak about Gut Within and your launch. And when I saw that it was like, yeah, like, copper is that it copper yeah it's the copper pill yeah yes and I was like this is just amazing and I I started thinking what what will be next in the pipeline um yeah but I want to talk about gut within specifically now because you put quite a compelling video on Instagram just about your own gut health journey and why Mm. a product like this can be so beneficial tell me about this product specifically and why it's so important for the brand and yourself? So a lot of it and I was born off the basis of my own insecurities or struggles. And what I've, all, I've been, I was interviewed about this actually two weeks ago on another podcast where it's actually quite proud having a brand that grows with me. As I mature, as I go through life, I encounter things, I go through things, and I realize I need this or I need this. And I start working and developing on a product or a supplement that will help me in that moment. And I know that if I'm in need of that, I know somebody else is in need of that. So it's quite exciting having, you know, being this leader of a business and a brand where it's evolving with you you know just imagine when I'm pregnant what's going to come out you know (laughs) so it's quite like it's quite exciting and so um 18 months ago I you know I've spoken about a little bit more the more comfortable I've I've gotten with it with the subject because I was very embarrassed of it in the moment and I never spoke about it but I went through Mm -hmm. severe stress 
I went through inflammation in my body. My gut felt like it broke down and my mind and my gut stopped speaking to one another and I lost control of my body. And it took months and months of mending my body, both with my diet, my mental health, my supplements, around fixing it and becoming, I guess, you know, back to normal, what you could say. And that's how Gut Within was born. Um, I went through quite a few uh, formulations of Gut Within until I landed on this one here. And it went through a year of testing. I, I was also on my honeymoon testing this, eating a whole lot of gluten and pasta, wow. and I was fine with it, um, <laughs> which is quite Amazing. cool. But the thing with Gut Within and what I'm trying to get my message out with uh, this product and this launch in particular is there is no such thing as a magic pill that is going to fix your health issues. And I don't want you yeah. to look at gut within and go, oh, I've got gut issues. I'm going to take this pill and it's going to fix me. You are lining yourself up for failure. And I'm going to tell you now, my product is not going to help you. And a lot of business owners are not going to be, and won't be able to say that about their product, but I am going to say that because gut within is a supplement. It's not a fixer. It's not the answer to your gut problems. Health, internal health is holistic you need to look at your health in a holistic way, both mentally, diet, exercise, supplements. It all has its place in order for your body to be healthy. So I want to make that really clear with this um, launch that I've created a beautiful gut supplement to help you mend your gut, help you with your bloating, get your pre and probiotics in there, you know, just rebuild your gut health. But if you're still sitting yeah. there and you're shoving yourself down with a whole lot of dairy and glutens and red meats and stuff that your body's telling you right now it's under stress, stop feeding me this, then my supplement's not going to help you. It's, that's just not what it's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Kind of and I think like it's so important as, absolutely, because I think it's so important that you're being, you know, upfront and honest about, you know, the, the realistic effects of, you know, of this product and, you know, you're not going to mend everyone <laughs> from the no. inside out, but you know, it's, it's a great step and it's a great addition to those other things that people can be doing. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I'm hoping like if I'm not, then I need to get more on there, but that's kind of like what I'm hoping people can understand about supplements, you know, even like with a protein, I get asked through our customer um, portal, uh, do you have a product or your protein help me lose weight? That's not what a protein is for. The protein isn't there for you to lose mm -hmm. weight. It's a supplement to help you on your weight loss journey. And I think that's what's really important is yes. how we educate our community, how we educate people on what supplements are really for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great that you as a business owner, you are being open and honest and, you know, you're not bullshitting anyone. No. <laughs> you know, I just, and I, I think that's so important. Bullshit. Just don't bullshit, be real. Like that's what I'm saying with like my skincare. I'm here to help as many women as I can, but there is no such thing. And this is why I hate product reviews. Can I just say why I hate product reviews? It's because me as a consumer, yeah. I'm also obviously a consumer, is okay, I love and hate product reviews. Let me just rephrase that, okay? Love product reviews because obviously you want people to go on there and if it does help, totally. But me as a consumer, when I buy something and something isn't right for me, I don't have the tendency to go online and bag a product because I know that in the beauty industry, every single thing is trial and error because we are all yeah. wired so differently. So if I'm trying something and it had really great effects with somebody else, I can't expect that it will do 100% the same for me. And if that didn't work for me, yeah. 
then I'll find something else that works for me. And that's why it's like a love-hate relationship with product reviews. You just as a consumer, you've got to remember that everything in the beauty industry is trial and error until you find what works for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like when people, you know, recommend skincare products, like I can recommend this product, but it might not work for you because you might not have the same skin issues or skin type as me, right? 100%. And your diet might not yeah, be the exactly. same. You might have PCOS or like, it's like the, the things is endless. Like you yep. there's no right product for one person, you know? So anyway, we won't. And that's also what makes it so exciting. No, I fully get you, but that's also what makes it so exciting about trying different brands and trying new products yeah. and seeing what works for you. Because I know we're quite, you know, the beauty space and all that is quite oversaturated. But when you think about it, if you're a person on your own personal journey and trying to find something that works for you, there's so many options and so many possibilities that you could yeah. actually find your perfect match, right? Oh, totally. And I yeah. use other brands too. Like obviously yeah. I use all my products, but anything that I don't have, I use other brands and I'm on the same mission as you guys are what's gonna work good for me let's go fine you know like it's fun (laughs) exactly it is fun and I know I get so excited personally when I'm trying something new or something that I know everyone's like talking about to just see if it works for me but speaking about products and you know things that you obviously Ed and I is your go-to being the owner um but when it comes to like fashion and you know other aspects of beauty do you have any like things that you like beauty rituals you love to do I know you just got a facial favorite fashion labels or beauty products makeup whatever that you'd like to share okay so okay okay um fashion I get asked this so much and I haven't ever answered it in my question box on Instagram everybody asks like who who's your favorite people that you shop with and I'm like it's hard because I'm always surfing Top of mind right now, what's really jumping to me is, um, you know, is it Bayes or whatever in Australia? I think it's B-A-Y-E. Yeah, Bayes brand by Effie Cats. Yes. Love Effie Cats. Love the, like, the Bayes brand because it's like the really bougie side and like the not so bougie side, um, but still amazing. Yeah. I actually really love the, um, the Skims basics, like the dresses and stuff. Like I'm a minimalist wearer. Like I need stuff that's like really minimal on me but timeless uh, that I can wear again and again so I'm not one for fast fashion I'm not one for trends you will see me with like I'd post something in a dress I'm like oh where did you get that I'm like I don't know it's 10 years old I hold on to my stuff (laughs) so even going to like glassons and getting like really like this is glassons it's like a really um, fun easy basic I will hold on to this for years you know, I won't, I won't do the fast yeah. fashion side of a fast fashion brand, if that makes sense. Um, just yeah. going off here. Um, what was the other I'm one? I'm kind oh, of the same Michael, actually. Yeah, it's like you'll shop there, but you won't be part of like that cycle. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that cycle of just buying something and wearing it once. That's just not not me at all. Um, on the weekend, I was wearing yeah. House of CB. Love House of CB out of um, the UK. Nice. Their pieces are just, I don't know, just so well-structured and cute love that um I do like a lot of Australian brands I'm always I'm always using oh Caitlin Crisp love Caitlin Crisp that is a New Zealand brand love her work amazing uh what was your other question that was fashion a it was um beauty rituals Um, oh okay so dermapen always doing a dermapen every four weeks three to four weeks dermapen um yeah today I had a uh, hydro facial so I had like pretty much vacuum my face yeah that's why I like a bit red Hydrofacial, put that beautiful serums back in there. I'm all about that. Um, 
what else is like my beauty rituals? I always do gua sha. You know the body gua sha that I've got on Ed and I? So yeah. I sit um, every time before I go to bed, I'll watch something on television. I'll sit there with my leg up like washing my thigh because I've got this one pocket of cellulite or like, you know, because I sit all day. So I just sit yeah. there and I just like wash the crap out of my legs. Like that's just like a thing I that I'm really doing. <laughs> Break down <laughs> those fat cells. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really much more. I mean, obviously there probably is more, but at the top of my head, that's kind of like all I can really think about other than my obviously Ed and I routines that I always share, you know, like my tanning and my, how I glow up my skin. Like, Yeah. I just love looking after yourself. You know, this is your one temple. So enjoy it. Look after it. Nourish it. Be proud of it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I love what Ed and I stand for. And I think it's one of those brands that you can not only be, I guess, excited to use it because like it looks great and it sounds great, but the fact that, you know, you've put so much work into it and there's so many great ingredients and you've really you know put your time and effort into it so I think you've bloody done well oh thanks little baby I'm so proud of her you're welcome (laughs) I can't wait to see what's coming up next for you personally and with Ed and I speaking of what's coming up with you personally and for Ed and I (laughs) oh okay so the number one question I always get asked and it's like maybe because I'm like nearly mid-30s um, is if I'm going to have a baby or not, you know, I think everybody's like wanting to know and maybe like, is this the podcast that I share it? Is this where I talk about it? I am going to have a podcast where I talk about this topic in particular, but, um, I, I, Mm -hmm. I would like to start uh, fingers crossed if I am God, you know, God willing have a baby at the end of this year, like start trying. Um, yeah, I mean, like I have like a lot of other insecurities and and issues that I have with that alone, me being adopted and the way that I grew up. So I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to share that. I'll share that with another like personal podcast, but I would like to be a mother at some point. Um, I'm only looking to have one child. I don't want an army. I don't, you know, I think we've got enough people in this world as it is. So having a child these days really is a selfish choice. And I would, I would, Mm -hmm. I would like to be a mum, and I know that Reed would be the most amazing father. So I think that's something that we will start working on at the end of this year. Oh my god, how exciting! Yeah, which has been too much on my plate this year. Like I've got so many fun products coming out this year that they're my babies for now, and then we can start with that next year. So that's exciting. You know, the oh process God, is always amazing. fun too. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, totally. Yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> my husband can't wait. Uh, anyway, um, so <laughs> it's not like we're not. I mean, that just sounded really weird. But anyway, so <laughs> that's my personal life. And I've got a lot of travel, like a lot of travel this year. Um, and then we're doing the full, like, like I'm not even kidding you. We're getting two RV buses and four like Harley Davidson's and we're driving Route 66 this year as well. So Oh my God. I know. Like full you know what? I'm even getting t shirts for my whole family. Like we're gonna be that family in the airport. So that's gonna be exciting as well. Um so just too much on this year to really think about babies. That's personal life. And then business, just just some products that people have been wanting for quite some time, but I have been Ooh. trying to perfect. And I've spoken about a little bit around the vitamin A called nightcap. So we've got morning coffee, day drink, and then nightcap. So nightcap's going to be our vitamin A serum. But the way that we, we're doing this has never been done in New Zealand, and it's very new technology across the world. So we're working on that closely to bring out something very unique. 
Um, so watch the space wow. for that there. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited. I think I actually saw that on your stories, you kind of alluding to it a little bit. Yeah, and I actually need to do an update because I've got my first sample and I've yet to actually go on um, oh camera and be like, okay, so it's, the you know, diary blog, you know, two, here we go. Because um, I really <laughs> want to bring everybody on my journey with this one here because this one here is very much education-based because it's never been done. So if I can bring my community with me along the whole entire way, when we do launch... I don't need to sit there trying to educate because all y'all have been for with sure. me the whole journey. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I can't yeah. wait to see what you are getting up to this year. It sounds insane. And also Ed and I, I'm so excited for you and thank you. I can't wait to see how this serum goes as well. I'll be watching. Thanks. <laughs> I want to finish on a few random questions for you. So this okay. is what I do with every guest. I like ask them like three random questions kind of catered to them. Okay, I love um, this. Just to end things on a bit of a lull. So number one is you can only choose one Ed and I product to use forever. Which one is it and why? <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. Morning coffee. Morning coffee hands down. Okay. It's yep. just... Like it's, it's literally is magic. Like if you're having a bad day, you just go, you put the mask on, you scrub it and it's like the pimple disappears. Like it just, it's just your holy grail. I, yeah, no, morning coffee. Damn. I hope my other products. Amazing. And would you rather never go into the ocean or a pool ever again or never go overseas again? Oh my word. Uh, <laughs> Oh, never into a pool or an ocean. No, I love traveling. Like, no, no, no. It's okay. I can, I'll have a bath. <laughs> <laughs> that will do. You can swim around oh, in the bath as long as it's yeah. a big bath. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, if you could go like outfit shopping with any celebrity dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, Cher? Should I go? Oh, that just popped to mind. Oh, Wow. Oh. Yeah, only Ooh, because I that think be she's got like. That's a great answer. Just imagine shopping with her, like some champagne when you're sitting like in Chanel or something, and just like just getting her view on like outfits and what she, you know. I just think she would be so much fun, and we should take you as well. I'll be like, you know what, you take the lead. You tell me where we should go shopping because her outfits. You know what I mean? I know. Have you seen like share photos from like the seventies? Oh my no, god, her slate. outfits are insane. Yeah, slate. Oh my god, she's like everything. Yeah, yeah. That is such a good answer. I was not expecting that. I thought maybe you were going to go more down like the current, like young hot things going around, maybe like I'm a dually par or like a. Kendall. No, shares so good. I would not have <laughs> even thought of that, and that is like. I want to go shopping with Cher. Can we make yes, that Yes, see, you're picking up what I'm putting down. That woman is boss. Yes. She is an icon. Absolutely. Yeah. That is a good answer. Thank That's you. That's probably the best answer I could think of with that. You did really well. <laughs> you blew me out of the water with that one. <laughs> oh, yay. I'm glad. Oh, that was fun. So and, much fun. You've been so, so great. Thank you so much for chatting with me on Fashion Avenue and I'm so excited for you and I can't wait to see what's going on with you next. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to listen back. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to Fashion Avenue. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with all things Fashion Avenue and the latest happenings, you can follow us on Instagram and sign up to our newsletter. All the links are down below and I'll catch you in the next episode of Fashion Avenue.